What up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. What up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. Yeah. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Brick layers and ball shorts. Coaching from the side of the ball court. If you know, you know. One stop like a Walmart. We got the tennis balls for the wrong sport. If you know, you know. If you know about the carport, the trap door is supposed to be awkward. If you know, you know. That's the reason we ball for. Circle round twice for the encore. If you know, you know. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, do? Welcome to the Ball Hawk Show podcast. I'm your host, Ahmad Hawkins. Better known as the Ball Hawk, and I thank you for tuning in to the Ball Hawk Show, the 2019 University of Virginia football preview preview. Because it's a preview preview, but it's not the preview. Because, you know, I was going to wait, and as we got closer to the season, start to previewing the season overall. But, you know, um, I just sat back and said, you know what, Ball Hawk? It's time to drop some UVA football episodes. You've been you've been talking about the NFL and the NBA and stuff too long. It's time to get back to the essence. So before we get started, shout out to my sponsors. First of all, Aber Insurance. For all your insurance needs, holler at Aber Insurance. Go to AberInsurance.net. Or you go up here right off Rio Road. They have a local office here in Charlottesville. Holler at Billy and Charlene White for home, business, auto, life, any type of insurance you need. And tell them Amaya Hawkins, a.k.a. The Ball Hawk, sent you. And if you're looking for a new place to live, you're looking for a property to invest in, holler at my man, Connor Murray Realtor. That's Connor Murray Realtor on Facebook. He has a fan page and his personal page, Connor Murray. Or you can find him on Instagram, Connor Murray Realty. Look him up. Send that follow, friend request, and get with my man, Connor. Proud sponsor of the Ball Hawk Show. And also... If you want to bet, you know you you guys know the old saying, "Eat crow when you make a bet." People like eat crow. Oh, I serve you shut the hell up juice. Well, you ever heard of crow cookies? Go to crowcookies.com, and when somebody loses a bet to you, send them some cookies. Yes, crowcookies.com. Losing never tasted so good. That's crowcookies.com. Send people literally crow to eat when they lose a sports bet to you so let's jump right into it man the virginia cavaliers 2019 season is a couple of weeks away first game at Pitt, august 31st right now was the the third week i want to say going into camp yeah so it's like this is the third week it's not the full week you know i'm recording this on a wednesday afternoon um got a chance to see the first practice and then been looking at practices from afar looking at film so i'm not going to get into what's been going on in practice per se because Pitt is an important game. The um, expectations for the team is is very high. If you guys have been living under the rock, uh, the media picked them to win the ACC Coastal uh, for the past seven years. It's been a different champion in the Coastal, but Virginia's been the one team that haven't won the Coastal. Last year, Virginia won eight games, had a chance to uh, – be the coastal champions and Pitt derailed them figuratively off the top 25 train. Um, 
it was in the monsoon. They beat us up physically. They knocked out guys like Juan Thornhill, Mandy Alonzo, uh, Joey Blunt. It was uh, just a terrible game. And um, it, it went a little bit downhill because after that pick game, we lost two of our last three before we won our bowl game. And we got quick redemption. And that takes us to 2019. So coming off an eight-win season, beating the breaks off of South Carolina in the Belk Bowl, the Cavaliers have to retool, right? You lose Alameda Sakias, you lose Juan Thornhill, you lose just a host of, of various guys. But the position I wanted to talk about today that I know a lot of fans want to discuss and want to talk about is the running back position. And I figured why not kick off this position because everybody knows what Bryce Perkins could do, what he accomplished last year. And in a, in a later podcast, I'll talk about Bryce Perkins and his expectations. Everybody knows what the defense could do as far as Bryce Hall returning, uh, opting not to go to the NFL draft. And I just wanted to start off with the elephant in the room, right? Because that's been the buzz. Who's going to replace Jordan Ellis? Jordan Ellis is a guy for the past two seasons had 430 carries by himself. He had 215 carries in 2017, 215 carries in 2018. He had 836 yards in 2017. Then he had 1,026 last year. His yards per average, I mean, his yards per carry went up almost a full yard. He went from 3.9 to 2017 to 4.8 last year, six touchdowns to 10 touchdowns. Um, he was the old reliable. Jordan Ellis was a guy that a lot of people felt like we needed somebody more dynamic. But when you just break down everything that he brought to the table, he was consistent. He was durable. He was always there. Um, he was just reliable. A lot of the times he would get hit in the backfield. He would carry guys three and four yards on the other side, the positive side. And we we lose sight of how viable a runner Jordan Ellis is. So now that Jordan's is, Jordan Ellis is gone, who's going to replace him, right? So as we, we go down the camp roster, and I'll just start with, Lamont Atkins, right? Lamont Atkins is a guy that has a lot of speed, showed flashes last year. I want to say was it the Duke game, but he's the speed guy. He's the guy that doesn't have the size that Jordan Ellis did. He's 5'11", 205. Uh, conversely, Jordan Ellis was 5'10", basically 230 pounds. But when you talk about the plethora of backs, the one back that I think doesn't get discussed a lot is Lamont Atkins, and that's why I brought him up first because we can talk about the other backs that's being discussed, and I will discuss each and every one of them and what they bring to the table. But Lamont Atkins brings that sudden quickness, that top-end speed. Uh, he could get lost in the backfield. He can catch the football. But everybody's wondering how come he's never discussed. And I'm like you guys. I can speculate. Is it uh, his ability to pick up the blitz? Is it, you know, his vision? I don't know what it is, but he's a candidate that can replace Jordan Ellis. He just doesn't get discussed enough. The next running back that we are going to discuss, let's see, who we're going to discuss next? Mike Hollins, the phenom, right? Everybody is excited about Mike Hollins, and he's cut from the same mold as Lamont Atkins. But I think since Mike Hollins has been on campus, he has gotten bigger than just the 200 pounds. He looks bigger than 200 pounds. Uh, he's from Baton Rouge. Here's a guy that can run the ball, can catch the ball out the backfield. 
and everybody's definitely excited about what he brings to the table. And um, it's early in camp. I'm not going to really discuss as much as what I've seen in practice uh, out of respect of a coach Mendenhall and what the coaching staff want because they want to keep everything close to the vest. But when you just go off his high school film, he has all the capabilities, but we know it's a transition from high school to college. But he can give you everything that you want out of a spread with a guy like Bryce Perkins at quarterback. So I understand why a lot of fans are very excited. Uh, then you have P.K. Kier, to me, who I feel like is the Jordan Ellis carbon copy. He's 5'11", 235 pounds. Chris Wright had a great write-up on the Sabre, and he talked about how Coach Mendenhall wants just one back taking the majority of the carries. And it's been like that. Like I said, it was like that with Jordan. We could just look at last year, for example. I told you Jordan had 215 carries. Uh, Bryce Perkins had 212. But the next running back was P.K. Kier. He had 26 carries. Even Alameda Sakias had 16. So that goes to show you that Coach really wants one back. And if the mode and the success has been with a back like a Jordan Ellis, you would think that P.K. Kier has the inside track at 5'11", 235 pounds. We saw it seemed like every spring P.K. jumps out. He breaks a long run. And he's just as powerful as Jordan was. He might be a little faster. Um, but it's all about can he catch the ball out the backfield. It's just so many things that coach wants from his back, and he'd rather have it all in one back versus bringing you multiple backs. And a lot of people like the two-back system, but every coach has their vision of what they want their offense to look like. And let me stop saying Coach Mendenhall's offense. Let me say Coach Anai, Dr. Anai. If y'all don't know, Coach Anai has a, a Ph.D., so I'm going to call him Dr. Anai from now on. So Dr. Anai, it just depends on he just wants that – that that back and I'm st- I'm a firm believer old school that the more you get the ball to the back the better they get some backs are special like that then you have those flash in the pan backs and you want that you know that thunder and lightning feel like Reggie Buzz the Danian Tomlinson uh Cadillac and 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 Brown so you we've we see instances where two is better than one because it gives you that change in the pace but you have to make sure those polar opposites that both of them are fully effective so P.K. Kier is a guy that I feel like had the – to me, he had the inside track. But then all of a sudden, man, Wayne, the Samoan slasher, just came out of nowhere. He's 5'9", 210 pounds, very sudden, quick, can juke you in the phone booth. He reminds me of like a Terrell Davis type for the Denver Broncos. One cut and go, um, very decisive, can get skinny. And when I say by get skinny means he could get through – he can create a crease – by just turning his shoulders. It's an old school tackling drill where you had two defenders being shoulder to shoulder, standing in like the one yard line, and running back would be like two yards away. And the running back coach would tell the back to get skinny, meaning to turn their shoulders and to split them. And that's what Wayne can do um, at a high level. I mean, I really like the Samoan slasher. Um, I think he's very viable as far as running out the backfield. Basically, it's like having Smoke Mizell all over again. If you remember when Smoke Mizell, the one season he played with Coach Bronco Mendenhall was his best year. Well, not Bronco, I mean Dr. Anai in this offense. It was his best year. And if we could go back, let's go back to that, that season. Smoke had 940 yards rushing, averaged five yards a carry. He only had 187 carries. And then he had 52 catches for 404 yards. So that's, you know, good for 1,300 yards of scrimmage. 
and that gives you a back that you have to pretty much can't shoot your wide and just say, hey, he's just a running a running back in quotation, meaning he's just going to run the football. They're not going to throw to him as much. The one knock versus Jordan was, can he catch the ball coming out the backfield? Jordan made some key catches out the backfield last year, but that wasn't his forte, and teams knew that. So they could kind of key on him a little differently, crowd the line of scrimmage. We couldn't really have a mismatch, and I think Wayne matched up on a linebacker gives you a mismatch. You know, opposed to PK Kid. Like Lamont Atkins, if he's in the game, he he can give you a mismatch versus the linebacker because he's a smaller, quicker guy. Mike Hollins also. And then you got a guy like Chris Sharp, who's the Swiss Army knife. The tall back. The Eric Dickinson mold, you know, six foot two, two hundred pounds. And usually when he comes in the game, he's the edge guy. We're throwing tosses to him, swing routes. We sending him on on running back wheels. And I think the majority of the defenses understand that when Chris Sharp is in the game, it's a passing situation. So the main thing is will PK Kier keep that inside track of what I thought, but coming out of the spring, I thought that, that the Samoan slasher was the number one back in my opinion. Um, and I still like when I've been seeing out of Samoan slasher, like all the backs have been effective for what I've been seeing in the fall. Um, I'm, yes, I'm going to give you the PC real blanket statement. Cause I'm not giving y'all any any secrets but i feel like wayne is a guy that can fall into the mold of a smoke miser even mike mike hollins and even lamont atkins and some of the, and fans you guys have made a great point you may want to use two backs do you want to use three you know is it the same adage if you got two running backs you got none or is it good to have two running backs in this offense because you got a guy who could i, I would rather have a short yardage or a, a red zone type. So here's the thing. In anything, we have to improve our ability to, 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 to run the football consistently with our backs. We understand that Bryce Perkins can do a lot running the football. We understand that Bryce Perkins opens up a lot for our running backs due to his ability to threaten the edge and, and pull the ball on inside zone reads. So if you have a dynamic running back, that can do a little bit of everything. It keeps the defense on edge. You may keep them in a nickel package because we have three receivers majority of the time. So it gives us an advantage. And if you stay in your base set and we have three receivers and you want to bring a safety down, that's tipping us and letting us know that you're going, man, and now you can use the Samoan Slasher or Lamont Atkins or Mike Hollins in the passing game. P.K. Kier. By his size, you would think that he would be behind those three guys when it comes to pass catching, and we just don't know. You know, we won't know until Pitt. On the perfect world, we want to repay Pitt and run it all down their throat like they did us, and you would figure the battering ram, P.K. Kier, could really soften them up and make them tap out, and then you put one of the scat backs in the backfield and let them outflank you along with Perkins. So, um, man, going back to the 2016 stats really got me – really got me thinking like man we might need to start the Samoan slash I wouldn't mind having a smoke Mazel type of back because even though he didn't have a thousand yards like Jordan did that 400 yards out the backfield still very enticing so you know 60 yards away from a thousand yards rushing for smoke but he had 52 catches and 404 yards. I mean, that's only seven yards a pop, but that's good. That's an extension of the run game. We'll take that. He don't have as many touchdowns as Jordan had, 
But it, even if you're throwing short passes, that could that can still like the the Patriots do. They still use the short passing games to continue to uh, keep the ball and and run time out of the clock when they're trying to sit on the lead. And I think that's what hurt us in the Virginia Tech game is that we couldn't close the show because we couldn't run the football. We couldn't establish a line of scrimmage. Um, they understood that Jordan wasn't going to outflank them, and they understood that if you if they put in Lamont Atkins or P.K. Kier, they, they, they wasn't worried about those guys really outflanking them, and maybe the coaches didn't have the confidence that one of those backs could get to the edge. But if you put a guy like the Samoan Slash in there, he doesn't truly have to get to the edge, but he's quick enough to where he can press the edge and cut back. And that's why I like him about it. That's why I, I consider him like Terrell Davis. Terrell Davis was like that for the Denver Broncos. Even though they was having the zone blocking scheme, he would press the tackle box and then cut back. And it put a lot of pressure on defenses. So me personally, man, just discussing this out loud with you guys on this podcast, I wouldn't mind having the Samoan Slasher as a starter. I would definitely still want to see P.K. Kier, short yardage. I would like to see him red zone as a change-up guy to really set the tone. Maybe you set the tone with a P.K. like we used to do with Jordan. That inside zone, we would run and was no hole, and Jordan would make a hole. Uh, but I think the most important thing is the continuity and the consistency on the offensive line. You know, no injuries, guys playing one position, which I, I love. I think the guys that have stepped in, um, it was sad to see R.J. Lee because I was, you know, I'm expecting great things out of him. But he made a great decision by going to Oklahoma, and I know he'll do well there. Uh, but Coach 2J does a great job of preparing the offensive line. And Dr. Nye has gotten better with his play calling each year. But we have to demonstrate we can run the football. And one of these backs truly has to separate themselves. I feel like you can't go in each week not knowing who's going to get the brunt, of the brunt of the carries, in my opinion. It's not like we Alabama and we got all these five stars. And I'm not knocking the kids because they wasn't five stars. But you get the scenario I'm saying, like, it's a lot of hoopla with Alabama when they go from this back to that back because they can say, well, they were this many stars and they did this, all oh, yeah, all their talent. When you talk about our backs, the outside looking in, they'll just be like, we don't know these guys. They know Mike Hollins because he came from Baton Rouge, but the Samoan Slasher, they don't know that he was on a mission and just came back to football, you know, been away from football for years, and now he's back. War number seven last year, and it wasn't his number. He didn't even earn his number, and this year he's earned his number. And not only that, he was the best back, the most consistent back. There's a difference between being the best back and the most consistent back. I feel like the Samoan Slasher is the most consistent back right now. Do I think he's the best back out of everybody? No. I don't really think any one of these backs has really – like jumped out to me and say they're the best back. That's just me. Mike Hollins has the highest ceiling. P.K. Kier has the peace of mind type of running style because I'm so used to seeing Jordan Ellis. Lamont Atkins is a guy I want to see earn opportunities to run the football. Chris Sharp is a guy I want to see earn opportunities to run between the tackles versus just being the edge, uh, a toss sweep uh, running back or running back that's your, you know, traditional third down back like a Dave Meggett was for the New York Giants way back in the day. Like every time he came in, it was just a pass and you knew it. Uh, so I don't want to talk you guys head off, man. I just really wanted to talk about the running back position because that's been the hot topic, whether it's on the Sabre, whether it's on a, uh, the Twitter track group that I'm in. 
So salute to you guys, man. It's just a little preview, preview to the preview. It's the running back position. That's what I'm going to call it. The ball hawks preview, preview to the preview. No, nah, I ain't going to call it that. But um, you know the motto, good is the enemy of great. Be great in everything that you do. If you want to support the Ball Hawk Show podcast, man, uh, the information is in the description. Cash app, PayPal, all those different avenues. I got my Shut the Hell Up Juice shirts. Now I have a silent version of the Shut the Hell Up Juice shirt with just the logo. No S-T-H-U on there. So it's nothing derogative. It's just the logo like it's a Batman symbol. Um, I don't have them up on the site just yet. Uh, but I have been selling them locally here at Tonsil Park during our street ball games. And um, you can hit me up directly if you want photos and, and see the different variations in that. But it'll be up on the site soon, man. But I definitely wanted to get another podcast done for Virginia football. i definitely been in the lab breaking down everything on the roster, all the scenarios. But I didn't want to really give too much away until game week or after the first game because then you'll see any and everything. But the who's pick to win the coastal. The running back position we just discussed. Leave a comment in the comment section. Who do you think will be the starter? Week one versus Pitt. Will it be the youngster Hollins? Will it be the Samoan Slasher? Will it be the old reliable PK Kier? Will it be the third down back Chris Sharp? Or will it be the forgotten guy with all the ability Lamont Atkins? the ball hawk show oh i'm out thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube